name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise. We give God all the praise. We give God all the praise. We give you praise, O Lord. We give you praise, O Lord. We give you praise, O Lord. You are the most high God. We give you praise, O Lord. We give you praise, O Lord. We give you praise, O Lord. You are the most high God. For there is none like you. For there is none like you. For there is none like you. You are the most high. Oh, for there is none like you. For there is none like you. For there is none like you. You are the most high God. Hallelujah, brethren. We give God all the praise and all the glory. Surely there is none like Him in all the earth. There is none like Him. The Bible says from everlasting to everlasting He is God. He is God all by Himself. There is none beside Him. There is none before Him and after Him. He is in a class of His own. Hallelujah. None can be compared to Him in beauty, in holiness, in majesty, in wisdom, in power, in might. None is like unto Him. Hallelujah. And also none is like unto him. None is comparable to God in kindness and in mercy. Hallelujah. None is like unto him. And today by the Spirit I'm going to declare a word to you which will unveil to you the riches of the mercy of God and the kindness of God toward us. Hallelujah. The riches of his grace toward None is more gracious than our Lord. None is more gracious than him. Hallelujah. You see, this morning, during the morning prayer, the Lord spoke to us through his word, and he showed us that he is a giver of good gifts. Hallelujah. The Lord our God is a giver of good gifts. The Bible says that ask and you shall receive. It is a certainty for the believer. That is why Jesus said, ask and you will receive. Uh, God is not going to withhold things you ask him. He's not going to withhold it from you. The man who delights in the Lord, the Bible says that he will grant him the desires of his heart. So the Bible says, ask and you receive. It's a spiritual law. And then he says, seek and you will find. If you seek out truth, you will find it. And he said, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And then he con Jesus continues his discourse and he says, For even you, as evil as you are, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to 
them that ask him. He said, which one of you, your sons will ask for bread and you take a stone and give to him? You know some of our parents, the way they are when we're growing up. If that week you have been stubborn and you go ask your father for something, maybe you know you are maybe you're having breakfast and you, you want bread and you, you cut some of the bread and you are going for more and your mom gives you a certain eye and tells you he reminds you of your mistakes you made during that week and say you, you are now going to you are asking me for more bread. Well you know and the Bible says Jesus said, Which one of you your son will ask you for egg and you give him a snake? Hey. As evil as you are, you know how to give good gifts to you. How much more your Heavenly Father will give the Holy Ghost? Listen, the Holy Ghost is the best gift God has given unto us. And we can seek God for an encounter and an experience with Him and He will give us a demon. No, 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 no. You can, you can ask God for the Holy Ghost and a demon will be given to you. Not possible. Hallelujah. He's a giver of good gifts. He gave us Christ. He gave us the Spirit. What more do we want? What more do we want? The Bible says that how shall, if God did not spare His only Son, but gave Him freely for us, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? He did not just give it to us, He gave it to us freely. Out of the kindness of His heart. Hallelujah. That is our God. He's a giver of good gifts. Kebushadakatai. Hallelujah. But tonight, we are looking at 1 Corinthians. There's something in there that I want us to see. 1 Corinthians, you know, but I'm going to read the entire chapter and we are going to pick out a few things, but we are going to zero in on, um, on, 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 on I think, uh, let's see. We're going to zero in one particular verse and from there we are going to learn our lesson for today hallelujah first corinthians chapter number two if you have your bibles turn there and i read the bible says this paul speaking is that and i when i came to you brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of god with lofty speech or wisdom now take note of this paul Paul is saying that when he came to the Corinthians to preach the gospel to them, he did not preach the gospel with lofty speech or wisdom. But here he refers to the gospel as the testimony of God. Hallelujah. Another word for the gospel is the testimony of God. Why is it the testimony of God? Well, it is because it is the testimony of God. It is the witness God has borne concerning his son Jesus. Hallelujah. That is why when you read the book of 1 John, John makes the claim that and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. He who has the Son has this life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have this life. And he says that anybody that rejects the gospel has made God out to be a liar because he has not believed in the testimony of God concerning his Son. The testimony of God concerning his Son is that he has given him or he is the carrier of eternal life. That is God's testimony to the whole world that Jesus Christ is the carrier of eternal life. And until you have Christ, you do not have life. So when you reject the gospel, you are rejecting the testimony of God, meaning you are making God out to be a liar. That is why unbelief is the greatest sin because it makes God a liar. You are literally saying, God, you are a liar. Jesus Christ does not carry eternal life. So I don't believe. Wow. 
What a grave sin that is. So Paul calls the gospel the testimony of God. Hallelujah. And you dearly beloved who have believed in the gospel, you've, you've, you've attested to the fact that God is true. Because you believe the testimony of God. Paul says, I do not preach this testimony, that is the gospel, with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in much fear and my trembling and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might rest not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, Corinth was in Greece. I think it was the capital of Greece at that time. I think probably it still is. And you know, the Greeks always were seeking wisdom and they claim to have some esoteric wisdom and when you go to their theaters and all those places they try to you know reveal themselves in some kind of wisdom that they have claimed they have and some seek this wisdom in ascetic ways of life. They try to, you know, this, uh, try and they try to remove themselves from society and go into the caves like the monks. And not they don't want to have any interaction with anybody, and they, they feel as though there is wisdom in that. And others also claim to have to, to be able to commune with the deities by engaging in excessive indulgences of the flesh and they thought there was wisdom in that but Paul said that listen when I came to you Paul knew that this was what you know the Corinth in, in the city of Corinth this was what was happening there so when he got there he says listen when I preached the gospel to you I decided to refrain from getting myself into the wisdom of men the wisdom of men or the wisdom of this world or trying to use cunning words. You see, this kind of wisdom was an earthly wisdom. It was demonic. You see, men trying to use cunning words to draw you into their way of life. And we see it today. Sometimes even it comes from pulpits around the world. Instead of men preaching Christ and Him crucified, they come up with so many ideas and they try to, you know, so, so, so many funny ideas that have absolutely nothing to do with God. The wisdom of men and the wisdom of this world. Paul said, I refrain from those things. But he said, I preach the gospel to you in the demonstration of the Spirit. The demonstration of the Spirit. Manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And in power. That means that, you see, the good news is, a her is heralding the kingdom of God. The message of the good news, or the, 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 the good news message, is a message about the kingdom of God. And wherever kingdoms go, kingdoms don't negotiate, they take over. And the power by which we take over the hearts of men is the Holy Ghost. Destroying the works of the enemy. That was demonstration of power. Hallelujah. There are places where Paul preached, after Paul had preached, and there was a strong move of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that they brought out their craft and they bent them. Their little gods, they are hidden in their books. Their demonic books that they used to read, they brought them all out and they bent them. Hallelujah. That's how Paul preached the gospel. And that is how we are also supposed to preach the gospel. Imagine, if Paul needed... 
to preach the gospel by the demonstration of the spirit and of power so that the faith of the Corinthians will rest not in the wisdom of men but in the power of God then we also ought to do the same we also ought to do the same that means that those who think that the Holy Ghost is passed they must be mistaken if the Holy Ghost is passed, then how can we then bear witness to the resurrection of Christ? Because we were not even there. Hallelujah. You and I, we were not even there. The early disciples who were even there, who were eyewitnesses, they did not just rely on their, their eyewitness message. But they relied on the Holy Ghost. The Bible says one time after they had preached and they, they, the Sahindrin caught them and lashed them, they gathered together in a room and they prayed. And after they prayed, the Bible says that the place they, were, they, they, they had gathered was shaking and the Holy Ghost filled them again and they went out and they spoke the gospel boldly. And the apostles, as they preached, God confirmed their word with signs and wonders following. The Holy Ghost was at work. And I tell you, the power of the Holy Ghost has not waned. It is still strong in our day. And we do ourselves a great disservice and we do mankind a great disservice if we neglect the Holy Spirit. We cannot preach. We cannot become witnesses of the gospel. Witnesses of that mighty resurrection that took place without the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So says Paul. If not, men's faith will rest in the wisdom of men. And the wisdom of men will crumble down. When hard times come, when hard times come against your faith, the thing that will sustain it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 6. Yet amongst the mature, hallelujah, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. Who are the rulers of the age? Those people who claim to be wisdom gurus. Something happened to America. One of my local pastors here, he was telling me he, he went to, he went to um, this country, I think it was Botswana or so, uh, one, one, of those, one of the countries in Africa. He went there, you know, he and his wife back in the 70s for missionary work. And one of the things that he found out there was the, the local people, they believed in God, but they believed in reaching God through so many other mediums. They believed God was one of the spirits, and they, they also had other spirits they worshipped. And so one of the difficult things that they had to deal with was the exclusivity of Christ being the only way to God. Fast track, when they came back in the 1990s, America had become like they were. Because... Eastern mysticism had entered into America and people now believe strange things. You know, those Eastern gurus, Hindu gurus and Buddhist, Buddhist gurus had come to America and were teaching them so many false ideologies which they put together as New Age doctrines. Hallelujah. Paul says, although it is not the wisdom of this age or the wisdom of the rulers of this age, people like Deepak Chopra, you hear him on radio, on, on radio and on TV, and sometimes you read him on, 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 you know, on the internet, saying things that don't even make sense. And he feels like he has the audacity, he has the audacity to talk about Christ when he is not even a believer. Oh my goodness, trying to explain the teachings of Christ to us. 
who has none of the spirit, yet he has the audacity to do so. Oh my goodness, it's sad, it's very sad. These people, they claim to be gurus of wisdom. People like Oprah Winfrey. And people throng to them. And then the, the, the common thing you hear them talk about is, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as you believe it so well. And it seems as though there's some wisdom in that. And they don't tell you, we are not religious, we are spiritual. And by that word spiritual, they feel as if that they have transcended everybody else. And they are descending the level of wisdom that nobody has, has ever attained to. And people flock to them because they look at them and they think, oh, these people are rich, they have attained it. So if we follow them, we might also attain to. That means that what they actually seek is not an encounter with God, they seek other things. But these people see themselves to be wisdom gurus. But Paul says that the wisdom of Christ is not of this world or is not of this age. Look at it. The Bible says, who are doomed to pass away, they will pass away. But listen to what Paul said. But we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Meaning that there is a hidden wisdom of God for the glory of the church. And I'll show you what wisdom that, what that wisdom is. This is the wisdom Look at it. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And in the same way, the rulers of that age did not understand the wisdom of God. In the same way, the rulers of this age do not understand the wisdom of God. But as it is written, what I, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches the things of God, the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of him who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Hallelujah. Hear me. There is a hidden wisdom for the glory of the church or the glory of the chosen ones. There is a hidden wisdom that God has set apart for our glory. For our glory. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter number 3 verse 23. This is a popular memory verse we learned when we were kids. The Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that as through one man death came into the world. Even so all shall be made alive in Christ Jesus. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As death entered the world through Adam, all sinned. And we fell short of the glory of God. We fell short of the glory of God. When man was in the garden, he was in the fullness of God's glory. He could commune with God. The word of God came walking in the garden, had fellowship with man. But when man fell, he lost that glory. But what does the Bible say concerning, or what is the revelation of the scriptures concerning God's plan of getting us back into that glory? Let's look at Ephesians, shall we? Ephesians chapter number 2. Let's turn our Bibles quickly there. Ephesians chapter number 2. And we are going to read from verse 4. 
Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 4. The Bible says that, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he had loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. By grace you have been saved and raised and, 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 and it says, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Just as we read this scripture, I want you to keep this scripture in mind. We are going to read Colossians chapter number 1 verse 27 quickly. And then we are going to see what the scriptures is telling us. Colossians chapter number 1 verse 27. Today we are reading a lot of scripture. Hallelujah. It's very important to always read from the word of God. Colossians chapter number 1. Verse 27. Actually, let me read from verse 24 so that you, you would understand it. The Bible says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery, look at this, the mystery hidden for ages. That mystery, remember the Bible talks about what we read in, 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 the, book of, um, in the book of Corinthians, that there is a hidden wisdom for the glory of the church. That word hidden, there, it, it just reveals that wisdom to be a mystery. In other verses, in, in other verses it calls it the mystery of God. Hallelujah. It is a mystery of God. And here in Colossians, the Apostle Paul is going to show us by the Spirit what this hidden wisdom is. Look at it. He says, to make known, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, that is this hidden wisdom. What is that mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of God. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. The hidden wisdom which the rulers of this world did not know. The hidden the mystery which God had kept a secret and had hidden it from the rulers of this world, but had revealed it unto us by the Spirit. Through prophetic messages that came from time of old, fulfilled in Christ Jesus, was Christ in you, the hope of glory. The thing man lost in the garden was the glory of God. He fell short of the glory of God. And ever since then, man has been finding ways, trying to concoct new ways of attaining to the glory of God, yet always falls short by a gulf. He always falls short by many, many, many miles, millions of miles. But the Bible says that in God's wisdom, He had purpose that the only way man could attain to His glory was that Christ in you will be the hope of attaining that glory. When you watch Oprah Winfrey and all these people, all that they are trying to tell you by being their, their, their claim of being spiritual and all these Eastern gurus are trying to tell you. They, they, are trying to, they are trying to give you a certain way by which you can attain to the glory of God. Some even claim that God is in us all. You know, they come up with so many, so many 
you know, so many ideologies, new age ideologies that seemingly have some kind of wisdom to them that will lead you to the attainment of the glory of God. But the Bible says that all these things are earthly wisdom, foolish wisdom, which is doomed to pass away. That wisdom itself is doomed and it will pass away. Meaning that the man who believes that kind of wisdom is also doomed. But the hidden mystery or the hidden wisdom which God had purposed that by that men may attain to the glory of God is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So look at verse 28. Paul says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I told, struggling with all the energy that he powerfully works in me. Because it is Christ in you that gives you the hope of realizing, the hope of attaining, the hope of coming into the glory of God. He says, Him we preach. That's what Paul says, when I came to you, I decided to refrain from the wisdom of this world. I decided to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory, not any other thing else. So brethren, when we preach the gospel, we refrain from every other, you know, stupid ideologies of men which are passing away, which are doomed and are passing away. The only thing we seek to know is Christ. Because it is Christ in man that is the hope of realizing the glory of God. Hallelujah. If not, men are all doomed. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. But yet the Greeks thought that this preaching of Christ in you as the only way to attaining the glory of God, they thought it to be foolish. The Bible says that the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to them that are perishing, but to them that are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. The Greeks thought it to be foolishness. To the Jews, it was a stumbling block. Because they could not believe that they cannot attain to the glory of God by their own works, by trying to obey the commandments. It, it was a stumbling block to them. For the Greeks, it was just foolish. How do you tell me Christ in me, the hope of I, I can attain the glory of God through ascetic ways of life. I can, I, I can attain the glory of God by, by trying to indulge my, 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 my flesh in, 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 in various kinds of wantonness. And I can commune with the deities that way, but God says no. There is a hidden wisdom that he has unveiled to us in these last days. That Christ in us is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. What is glory, by the way? Glory is the full weight of a thing. The full expression and manifestation of a thing. Hallelujah. So when we talk about the glory of God, or in the Hebrew it is the doxa. When we talk about the glory of God, in the Hebrew, it's actually Ichabod, and in the Greek, it's Doxa. We talk about the glory of God. It is the, the full weight of God. So when the glory of God is in a place, the weight of God is in a place. You understand? That means His presence, the full manifestation of God's presence is there. It is there. Now, in our day, we throw the word glory around anyhow. And we don't really understand its theological impact. We use the word anyhow. Even in some churches, uh, you go there and, you know, I was watching this the other day and I was surprised. They have, they run pipes in the ceiling of the church and during worship, they release some white smoke. 
They, they release that which is just dry eyes. They release white smoke through it. And as they are worshiping, you see the, the white smoke coming down. They call it, the worship leaders call that the glory of God. What foolishness. What foolishness. Reducing the glory. Do you understand the glory of God? It is who He is in full manifestation. His holiness in full manifestation. His righteousness in full manifestation. His justice in full manifestation. His majesty in full manifestation. Words will fail me. There's not enough words to communicate the extent and magnitude and loftiness of the glory of God. Yet we throw that word out. Anyhow. And men have reduced the glory of God to these foolish things. Smoke. Glory of God. How fallen has the church become? The Bible says that when they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. And they exchanged the glory of God for creatures. They tried to make images into the glory of God. And they worship those images. Let's not look far. It's all over even in the Catholic church. Worshipping, oh my goodness. What has become of us? Men want to attain to the glory of God, but they've neglected the way that has been revealed to us in the word of God as the only way of realizing the glory, which is Christ in you, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of that glory. He is the hope of that glory. Because you see, Christ Jesus himself, he is the radiance of the glory of God. The visible one of the invincible God. So if he dwells in you, the glory of God is in you. He has come with the fullness of God's glory in you. That's what the Bible says. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. A people set apart to display the virtues and perfections of him that called us into this marvelous light display the virtues and the perfections of him that called you who is he that called you but god himself hallelujah how would you do that this christ in you because the glory has come in you hallelujah that's the glory of god of realizing that glory of living in that glory of experiencing that glory, of fellowshipping with that glory. Hallelujah. And you see, in Christ Jesus, we have been glorified. Hallelujah. That is, we have been raised to heavenly dignity. Raised to heavenly dignity. Raised to heavenly dignity. Ephesians, the Ephesians we read, Ephesians chapter number 2. Verse 4. Let's look there. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 4. We, we, we just read it. Let's read it again. Ephesians chapter. The Bible says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He had loved us, even when we're dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hey! Listen, if, you're, if, if something does not move your heart when you read scriptures like this, I wonder, I wonder, the Bible says, and raised us up with him, with who? With Christ. 
with Christ and seated us with him. With who? With Christ. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Before we read further, let's go back. Listen, let's go back to Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 21. I want you to see the place where Christ is sitting, where we are being raised to sit with him. Ephesians 1 verse 21. Ephesians 1 verse 21. The Bible says, let me read from... Let me, let's see. Let me read from verse, verse 19. The Bible says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great mind, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is made, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church where is his body the fullness of him that fills all in all where christ is seated the bible says is far above all rule and god in his gracious kindness has raised you and i the chosen the elect of god to be seated with christ jesus in heavenly places the place that is far above all rule all authority all dominion all power and above every name that is named that is the place where we are sitting. The Bible says, And the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let me tell you something. When God finally makes the enemies of God his footstool, he's made, the enemies of Christ are our enemies too. They become our footstool in the name of Jesus. This is the place of glory we have been raised to. This is the place of glory we've been raised to. In Christ, sharing, participating in that same glory that Christ had. Hallelujah. That's why Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 8. He said that he cannot even begin, I'm just paraphrasing, he cannot even begin to imagine the weight of glory that is about to be revealed in us. You see, now that we are in Christ, in the realm of the Spirit, we've been glorified. But you see, everything will be consummated when Christ Jesus shall come. Because when he comes, the Bible says, when he appears, we shall be like him. That means that the fullness of the glory of God will be consummated in us. We shall be just like Christ. Christ, the glory of God, we shall also be like that. The Bible says, we all, with open faces, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God. The glory of God. Beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God. Beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God. Are being changed into that same image. What is the glory of God but Christ? Christ Christ is the, as we behold Christ, we are changed into the same image. That is why the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You don't look at Buddha, you don't look at Muhammad, you don't look at Krishna, you don't look at Confucius, you look at Christ. He is the only hope of glory. You receive Christ, he is the only hope of glory. You trust in Christ, he is the only hope of glory. Only Christ, only Christ, only Christ. Nobody else. Not by your works. You can't attain it of your own self. You will fall short always. And in the last day, men will stand before God. And any man that is not in the glory of God will be cast into the lake of fire. Because they fall short. Hallelujah. They fall short of the glory of God. 
If you, you can't you can't commune with God, you, you can't be with God if you are not in his glory. Heaven only accommodates those who are in the glory of God. Hallelujah. But if you fall short of his glory, how could you? How could you fellowship with him? That is why Christ in you is the hope of God. I tell you, listen. The songs we sing of Christ in us. These words we declare, it's not a joke. This is the, oh, this is the meaning. Christ in you. The hope, it is that hope of realizing that glory. That as he is, I will be. Christ in you. Christ in you. This is the wisdom that was hidden for ages. But in these last days has been revealed to us. The rulers of this world did not know. They did not know. They did not know. If they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They did not know. They did not know. And sadly, the people in our day, with all our ivory towers of education, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. You speak to people about Christ and they look at you and they think you are foolish, you are stupid. How could you believe such simple things? Speak to them about Christ and they think of you as dumb. Listen, <laughs> you can attain the glory of God through any means. You can study all the metaphysics astrology and all those things you can you want to study you can never attain to the glory of God the only hope of realizing that glory is Christ in you that which God intended for mankind was that man would be in his glory so he said let us make man in our image what is the image of God by the glory of God the only hope of realizing that glory of being restored to the fullness of that glory it's Christ and you that are in Christ you have been restored and even more because listen the Bible says that the first man he made a living soul but the second man in Christ he made a life giving spirit that's what he made him and the Bible says that if we are born the image of the old, we shall bear the image of the new, which is the last Adam. A life-giving spirit. That is the fullness of God's glory. That is who he is. He gave a life to the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. And that is what he has made us. Life-giving spirit. Just like he is. That is why we look with hope. There is a future hope for us, dearly beloved. There's a future hope for us. And it is made possible because Christ is in us. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your voice. Just begin to pray. Look at the riches of his kindness. Handose de de bakosa talabadolo godo shandekes. 
imanda zite konda paragazeda ka mado shaida kaze ombazu kapatela laikuze nize misonze mikonda paralalize zikos lebere de de sisi katanga na baragazu tekunda pakoi lestando shaiga paralalo zonzukai Inka mango shaida vizolo mongo sites Christ in you Christ in you Christ in you Christ in you the hope of glory the hope of glory even when we die we know that glow that hope is not lost because we shall be raised again there is a resurrection at the end of time and we shall be raised again hallelujah but even now that we are alive the bible says that we groan in ourselves because we want to put off this earthly body and be clothed with our heavenly body hallelujah we long for that future glory and every heart of a believing of a believer longs for that future glory all made possible Christ in you that is the hidden wisdom of the church that is the hidden wisdom of the church hallelujah hallelujah Marco setina makabelus ungezezike inda marabado shatakai Mm. Listen, I want to read something to you in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. The reason God glorified us. Look at why he did that. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse, let's read from verse 6. The Bible says, And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that, listen to the reason, verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The reason God did all this is so that he might show in the coming ages to the angels and principalities the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus hallelujah because all these things we are talking about have been made possible not by anything of ours all have been made possible for us by God's own choosing and prerogative in Christ Jesus show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us what kindness what kindness there's none gracious like our God there's none gracious like our God hallelujah why don't you lift up your voice and begin to give him praise begin to give God praise tonight give God praise thank him for the riches of his kindness toward us Thank you for the riches of his grace toward us. Lift up your voice. Begin to give God praise tonight. Give God praise. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the riches of your grace, Father, in kindness toward us. Lord, we've not done anything to deserve it, but Lord, you chose us even in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Lord, you have purpose that all things will be to the praise of the glory of your grace. We thank you that Christ in us is the hope of glory. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless you for your kindness. What kindness, what manner of kindness is this, O God? Deixai da coisa amazuca pelé de lezes e caçandes. 
in the mighty name of King Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.